Okay, I'm milling about with John Buffalo Mailer, and he's starring in the film The Second Son. Hello, thank you for having me. Now, I have to ask you about Buffalo. Was that your given name? Is that a nickname? It's, a, it's actually my given name, and only my mother, my father, and myself knew why, and now they're both passed, and so it's just me. And nobody else knows, not my eight siblings, not my wife, <laughs> no one. I'm dying, can you tell us? <laughs> I can't, I can't. I wish I could. I wish so I... the secret is going to stay with you forever. Well, I, you know, I, I got to figure that out at some point. And uh, I kind of figured, you know, God willing, when it's time for me to have kids, uh, whichever one asks me first, I'll tell them, but not the others. Interesting. Now, speaking of your wife, I'm, I'm dying to know, did you get married around the time that you were filming this? Because you seemed so in love when you were making this, this movie. Well, my wife is Claudia Marie Mailer, who uh, plays uh, the mother of Max in the, uh, in the movie. And uh, I've pretty much been in love with her from the day we met, even though we were friends for a while before we got together. Uh, we met on a, a movie set, and um, it was just glorious. So uh, I've now had the privilege of getting to make six movies with her, and uh, she is the lead in our next one coming out, Diary, and got to act with her in that which was such a delight um, and she is a force of nature so I can't uh, wait to see that roll out in this I think she, she fires off the screen but, um, but in terms of the relationship of, uh, of Max and Joy that was uh, hopefully we did our job and it was, it was good but uh, in, in real life it is Claudia Marie Mailer Now was it love at first sight? Did you, do you believe in soulmates as this film suggests? I, I gotta say, Claudia has given me faith and love at first sight. Yeah. Yeah. So did you did you have that uh, feeling that you were going to marry her right away when you met, or was it sort of you know like you said you became friends first? Uh, yes, I, I was at the time in a, a, a bad relationship that was not was coming to its end. But uh, she and I were very respectful of all of that, and um, she had traveled from New Zealand around the world to to be here and become an actress. And I, um, I just wanted to look out for her and, and be a good friend. I thought she needed that. And then when we both found ourselves single, we said, "Oh." Well, that's nice. Hello. Um, hello. And uh, pretty much it was instantaneous from then. And uh, we got married um, a year ago, last June 21st. So, oh. uh, so you're still newlies. We're still newlies. We got, we got married. We went to New Orleans for a couple of weeks and then uh, immediately went into uh, making uh, our next movie, Diary. So you did Diary before the second song? No, no, after. After. Um, yeah, no, second song, I think we shot... Uh, about a year prior to that. And so, um, you know, with, with uh, our director, Jennifer Gelfer, we have this incredible kind of company that we've formed where we're going to be making these movies, and it's uh, about discovering new talent and telling stories that appeal to intergenerational audiences and spark conversations. It's, it's kind of uh, uh, the dream come true, and, you know, I've been hoofing it for 20 years and have had a, an unbelievably blessed life and I'm grateful for all of it but it all kind of feels like it's been leading to, to this time now What's the name of your production company? It's called uh, Mailer Tuckman Media or MTM uh, with a buffalo Like MGM? With a buffalo head instead of a lion 
cute. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and we um, we have a couple of TV series we're developing. Um, Anything you can talk about? Sure. One is about uh, my father's life, which is based on uh, the biography Norman Mailer, A Double Life, by J. Michael Lennon. And um, in the process right now of finishing the pilot and the the Bible for that series, and another project that we're developing is called "Who Wrote the Bible," based on uh, the number one Old Testament scholar Richard Elliot Friedman's book of the same title, "Who Wrote the Bible," and it is exactly uh, what the title suggests. So that's you know such polar opposite projects, and at the same time, entertainment is how we are educating the future generations right now. I mean, I, while I miss my father incredibly, for his sake, I'm kind of glad he's not living through this time because I don't think he would know what to do with it. I don't, I don't know that any of us do, um, but what I have seen is that we're taking a, a new look at the past and really trying to understand it with everything that we've learned today and hopefully not make the same mistakes. Yeah, is this a, a biopic that you're doing, and also do you feel um, very protective of his legacy in that respect? Um, I, you know, I mean, I, I do have eight siblings, so in terms of uh, uh, the, the protective feelings I have towards his legacy, I knew him as my dad. He was an incredible dad to me. Uh, he was also America's number one writer for a lot of the second half of the 20th century, and so the world, you know, he, he belongs to the world. He doesn't just belong to, to us as his kids and remaining family members, but um, but I, you know, I I loved him, and, and I've certainly learned a lot about him through doing this project. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's wild to be writing about your father when he's younger than you are. And it's, uh, you know, in a way, it you know, keeps him very much alive for me. I, mean, I, I talk to both my parents every day. I'm one, one of those people that just believes we don't really go anywhere when, when we die. Kind of echoes of, of the character Max and, and Second Son. Um, but it's, a, it's such a treat and such a bizarre journey, and I've never had a harder time writing because some of the stuff with the illnesses and whatnot was heavy and hard, but that's... It's also what allows for the laughter and the joy and the love. Mm, I think, you know, we, we don't really, like you say, we don't really know our parents very well. Like, I've interviewed my parents as they've gotten older. I do little interviews with them, which is very warming to me. And I just found out my father always wanted to be an actor, which I never knew. Wow. You know, that's, that's such a gift. Yeah, no, absolutely. That. I mean, I, you know, I, I encourage everybody to sit down and interview their parents in a formal setting with the tape recorder on because when it's too late, it's too late. And, uh, and there's always those questions you want to ask. And in, in a wild way, the tape recorder actually kind of makes it a little more accessible. Did you, did you find that when you were interviewing? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like no video. Yeah. 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 No, there's something beautiful about the voice, <laughs> about the voice without the video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this this film is sort of a family affair in many ways because your wife and direct and the director you've known her for a while. Yeah, you know we uh, l luckily we we convinced Jennifer not to call the movie Beshert because we, we 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 felt that it might be a little too limiting and you know not many people. It's a concept that is a beautiful concept though of it's meant to be finding your soulmate and all of that. And Jennifer and I met I think about. D depending on which one of us you ask, I think 13 or 15 years ago. I'm not quite sure who's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we met about a movie I wrote called Blind, uh, yeah. which did not get made for like another 12 years. And um, that was the movie that I met Claudia, my wife, on. And so, you know, I was asked in, in, after a screening we did, you know, can you share a shared moment? 
And I just thought of Jennifer and how this this magical woman came into my life. We didn't see each other for over a decade, and then suddenly she was the main thrust in getting that that movie Blind made. And I meet my wife, who also you know is kind of like an adopted child of, of Jennifer's as well. And it's just um, it's so rare when, on an artistic level, uh, on an economic business level. Uh, and just on a, on a loving family level, you get to work with these people and do what you love doing. It's uh, it's never lost on me. <laughs> it's never lost on me. Yeah, it's so nice to work with people that you know and love and you have that camaraderie with. Um, talk about um, the underlying theme of this film, which is the Holocaust. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something that you knew of people who, you know, do you have that sort of reference? Sure. I mean, you know, while, while I'm relatively young to have had it. My father was significantly older uh, than my mother, and he was in World War II, and so the Holocaust was always very real for me growing up. Um, it was not something that I needed to, to learn through seeing a movie or, or, or any of that, but when I was offered this part, uh, one of the uh, amazing experiences that will haunt me forevermore was I got to do a virtual reality tour with a survivor. And this was a, uh, a, a VR uh, art piece. I don't really want to call it a movie because it's not that. Uh, by um, uh, that, that premiered at Tribeca and was you know, sold out. It was, uh, but, uh, but someone who was working on the film knew the artist, and he was very gracious and allowed me to come in and do this. And I got to say, it was, it was just unbelievably haunting walking through a concentration camp with this 90-year-old man who had lived through it and uh, the, the, the look in his eyes, it was, uh, you know, uh, I, I had never done a, a virtual reality kind of tour to begin with. Makes so, me sick. Yeah, that was, that, that, that was in and of itself just this bizarre experience of the day and age we're living in, but, yeah. but quickly getting lost in that. So, uh, you know, I think that I'm not the only one to say we're seeing some scary echoes to where Germany was at in, in the rise of the Nazi party in World War II. I'm not saying that we are living in times that this is, you know, the, the Nazis are coming. I'm not saying that. But it's really important to pay attention to those echoes to see, you know, where we've learned and where we haven't. And, you know, you can never talk about the Holocaust too much. It's something that, particularly as this generation is dying out, they're going, we, we need to remember. We mm-hmm. must always remember so that we never let anything like that happen again. Um, you know, for me, this movie is a love story, first and foremost. And that backdrop, you know, it's, it's, it's the notion of there is nothing that can destroy you as long as you hold on to your faith and your love. Mm-hmm. And the love story is so special. Were you planning on showing it to Holocaust survivors or anything like that? Uh, we, we've been doing a few screenings with various uh, Jewish organizations and, uh, and that. But, you know, we also didn't feel it was our place to... To push that aspect, you know, it's not something. It's 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 ground that one needs to always be very very sensitive about. And so, for me personally, as the actor, I just um, it, it it was that notion of he's not going to let this define him, mm-hmm. but he's never going to forget. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so romantic. 
John. I mean, there were there were moments where I felt like I wish I was still living in those times, you know, and like those little dance sequences. How were you as a dancer? <laughs> <laughs> I had to work very hard, <laughs> very hard. Uh, Eden Epstein, who plays Joy, is uh, yeah. and she was also in the in the stage reading. She was in the stage reading as well. She, uh, you know, she she could have been a professional dancer if that was the course for her, but she became an actress instead. So she was, you know, she found it very easy. I had to work my butt off to, to even, you know, not get blown off the dance floor. But uh, with, with with that and a little movie magic, I was very happy with uh, how it came out in the end. But I agree, you know, that time, everything from the production design, the costumes, everything was of that period. And you can just feel the difference. And there's something, you know, usually with an indie movie, you don't have that kind of luxury to really be in, in the shoes of uh, a man from 1953. And uh, I can tell you he had some funky, weird feet, whoever the gentleman was that owned those shoes uh, <laughs> helped with the character. I can't say it was good for my bunions. But uh, <laughs> wait, 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 back up. <laughs> what story is this? No, this is literally the uh, the, the the when the, the amazing costume designer came and said, "Here are your shoes." She's Polish. I said, "Okay." And I said, are "These these look very authentic." She said, "Yes, they're they're real." I said, these are from 1953? So, yes. So, you know, I put them on, and they were just gnarly, really intense shoes, and it affected the way I walked. And I thought, this is good. This is good. Let me, let me get into it. And, you know, between that and the, uh, the costumes, I kind of felt like my, my grandfather on my mother's side suddenly. I kind of feel him smiling down. So, uh, you know, actors are perverse, right? And while it really hurt to walk in this man's shoes. I loved it for the part. It was great. Just like every uh, detail in that movie is really authentic and and it was a sweet time. That's why you couldn't dance, because you were busy <laughs> squishing yourself into the shoes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do you know who they belong to? I mean, was it an anonymous person. I think at this point it's probably better that I don't. Um, <laughs> certainly, as I've just shared this with you and your, and your audience, I think he probably won't want to meet me and we can just let well enough alone. If he recognizes them from the movie, then I might be getting a letter. We'll see. Right? Yeah, he might say, cease and desist. <laughs> Take those shoes away. Cut them out. My feet are A-OK, all right? <laughs> what else about sort of the, the mood and the look of the film? Where did you shoot it? Uh, we shot it in upstate New York and um, in various parts of the city around here, uh, and it was um, it was just a really uh, kind of loving set and, and crew and a really joyous experience. It was Jennifer's uh, feature directorial debut. I mean, she had directed webisode series, a ton of theater, uh, produced a lot of, of film, but she uh, you know was putting on the new hat and just watching this woman shine and and come into it and and just treat actors like I've never been treated uh, as an actor before uh, was such a delight and um, mm-hmm. got to go on and she directed diary or our, our next one and we've got a, a third one planned and it's um it's just really a blessing to see this woman at the age she is getting to live her dream and being so exquisitely great at it. Mm. I mean, she really is. She oh, just, I'd love uh, to meet her someday. Oh, yes, you must. You mm. must. She's a, she's a special one. So where upstate were you? Uh, in Havistraw. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a, the bakery and uh, also the, uh, the bar. It was kind of this amazing <laughs> little, little block that felt like it was right out of the early 50s. So those are actual baker. That's an actual bakery, an actual bar that you mm. shot in. Wow. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, all on location. It was uh, it was great. I mean, it, certainly they, they they tricked it out. They 
they, they transformed it, but they didn't have to do that much at the end of the day. I don't know if it's changed all that much. So, I think the lighting lent itself also to the time period. It was the low, sort of yellowish tones, warm tones. Oh, yeah. No, it was... Um, and that red lipstick stuck out. <laughs> the, red, the red lipstick pops. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I myself am actually colorblind, so I'm always cautious to, to speak to colors. It's not that you know we see in black and white or in, in grays, but if you know if I call something green and someone tells me it's red, I can't really argue with them. I just don't have that don't have that right. But um, but I agree completely. The feel of it just feels like that time, and yet. You know, with with where our cameras are at and and the the unbelievable high definition we have, you feel like you're there. So, you know, in a way, particularly on the big screen, you really get to transport back to that time. You know, I've met actors who have no sense of smell, but I've never met an actor who is colorblind. Really? You are my first. Wow. Um, well, I'll take being colorblind over no sense of smell. That yeah. would that that's tough. That's. Yeah. Um, is this something you were born with and? I, I was actually. I think I was. Uh, my mother noticed that I was coloring ducks blue, and, and you know. Well, maybe you're just being creative. I don't. Maybe was, I'm just an artist, mom. Just an artist. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no, we went and did the test, and you know, there's certain letters and numbers that pop up that you can't see, and it's it's surreal. But when you think about it, I don't think any two people see exactly the same color. You know, if someone is colorblind, their spectrum's a little further off, but uh, it, it gets down to that eternal question of seeing through someone else's eyes, and can we ever really do that? Mm. Uh, if anything, I, I, I've had to work a little harder at that because I'm colorblind. I'm like, what the heck are these people seeing? What is going on? Interesting. Wow, John. That's amazing. So your next uh, film that's coming out is, is called Diary, and tell me a little bit about that plot. You wrote it as well, right? I did write it. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a it's a, a thriller. It's um, uh, you know it's it's a feminist wild ride for the Instagram generation, and it uh, centers around uh, Marie Clark, who is played by my incredible wife Claudia Marie Mailer, and um, she is an Instagram model who is getting her master's in comparative religion, and uh, gets out of a terrible relationship and moves into a new place, has a big party uses her, her handwritten diary to kind of keep her sanity in this unbelievably plugged-in world. And then when her diary goes missing and she starts getting love letters slipped under her door from someone who knows her saying, now I understand what uh, is going on, I need to protect you. And then people around her start dying. She has to actually face the monster. Oh my God, I have chills. <laughs> what inspired this story? Uh, inspired by a, a story from a book called Chapters One, which we're actually doing five movies from. Uh, Diary is the first, and it's just a, 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 about 40 or 50 different ideas for stories, you know, the first page of a novel. So uh, as an adaptation, it's really great because you just have this incredible springboard, and, um, and that was where the idea came from. Oh, wow. How are you with social media? Do you get into all that stuff? I actually I don't do any social media. Good for you. Yeah, none. Um, yeah. At this, you know, at, at at first I just thought, oh, who needs it? And of course, everybody needs it now. But I I think it's it's too late for me, and that that ship has sailed. <laughs> I, I tell people, listen, to to know me, you got to know me. That's the thing. Um, my Pick up the phone. Yeah. So I I, I don't do any social media, but uh, my wife is an absolute rock star on it and has, you know, keeps keeps me informed and educated so that I can communicate with everyone else in the world as well. 
which is nice. So what are you looking forward to? What do you want audiences to come away with from The Second Son? And what do you hope people get from seeing the film? You know, we're living in such a cynical time right now. Uh, my hope is that people will walk away from The Second Son uh, having fallen in love with life again and, and just reminded that we're going to get through this crazy dark time. It's, it's going to be okay. You know, we, we all will triumph in the end. That would be my hope. John Buffalo Mailer, I just love saying that name. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. An absolute delight. Thank you. Always news. Always refreshing. Always candid. Always billing about. Robin Milling delivers what celebrities are saying to you. To you. To you. 